0: Hey everyone, my name is Yaru and you're listening to the Daydream Rose podcast. I kind of can't believe it, but it is May, it appears, and so we are really deep in spring now and things are changing a bit, which I'm still getting used to. Um, I went for my first walk after breaking my leg um, this weekend, which is such a nice way to mark the occasion and soak up some sunshine and also just be among trees which oh my god I had been missing so much um there's a few trees in my neighbor's gardens that I was able to hang out with um over the fence basically but it was just so nice to be really you know like really surrounded by trees for a little moment so yeah this episode has been a while in the making um all of all of the scheduling and publishing was kind of thrown off this year, but it was so lovely to speak to Kate Husted. And I actually think this episode is just so perfect for this time of the year. Um, So I really hope that you'll enjoy it and receive some inspiration from it as well. Um, Kate was such a lovely and generous uh, guest and I really, really enjoy her work um my only updates are i'm starting the web design adventure course next week over at yarrowdigital.com um this is an evergreen course meaning you can in theory take it any time but from may 10th we'll do a live round together that you can join if you like and i think that's pretty much all yeah (laughs) enjoy Hello, everyone. This is one of many episodes that began with a good giggle. I'm really excited about my guest today. I'm speaking to Kate Eusted who has so much to say, share about planned communication. And I'm really happy that she reached out when she did, because as you might have heard, I broke my leg in the beginning of the year. And so there's more stillness in my life now. And I'm thinking about what company I keep for example and right now I'm keeping company with so many beautiful house plants and I'm thinking about how I can deepen my relationship with them so yeah this episode feels really special and excited and Kate I'm so grateful for you being here thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me Yaro it's such a pleasure. (laughs) So let's begin by seeing where you are in the world and what nature is like around you.
1: Oh, thank you for asking that. Uh, So I live in the southwestern corner of the state of Colorado in the U.S., and it's the ancestral home of the Southern Ute people, and it's the high desert here, so definitely compared to Scotland, we have a lot less rainfall (laughs) and a lot less precipitation, and it's a pretty dry climate. Um, I personally live on a ridge that's in the foothills of the San Juan Mountains, and my house is inside a forest of ponderosa pine trees. And in the lowlands below us, there's a lot of desert sagebrush, Artemisia tridentata, and a lot of rabbit brush. And I saw some elk on the hill this morning, and the snow is covering the ground still right now. Although some spring birds have started to return, which is always such a hopeful, joyful feeling. And... The ravens who we feed are nesting right now, which is always a super fun, exciting time of year. Yeah. Yeah, I love where I live. It's really beautiful here. It's really rural. Um, I'm kind of outside of a town that's outside of a town. And um, we're off the grid. This house that my husband built is off the grid. So we catch our rainwater for our water. and um, it's really beautiful we're so lucky to live here
0: that sounds incredible thank you so much for taking us along I've never met elk in real life I was just thinking about that but Mm. what a cool animal to hang out with Mm.
2: yeah (laughs) and I love the
1: winter time too because you can see their tracks everywhere and it makes keeping track of where they are and where they've been so much easier
0: yeah yeah that's so cool so I (laughs) know could be a big question but you know you can take this in any way you like I would love to hear more about kind of your practice at the moment day to day and what pandemic life has been for you so far Mm
2: -hmm. yeah um yeah
1: I feel like the the bare bones and like the skeletal structure of life hasn't changed a whole lot for me and my family we before the pandemic ever started, I was in the habit of working mostly from home and so is my husband and um we have a little son who wasn't in school yet and he's still not um he'll probably start kindergarten this fall. So um our day-to-day practices and the way our lives is structured hadn't changed a whole lot. I tend to just go to town when I ran a free clinic for the free herbal medicine clinic that I run. And other than that, we're kind of up here on this Hill and it feels like life before pandemic was kind of training for this. Like, (laughs) um, um, yeah. So the day to day hasn't changed too much for us, but then at the same time, just like absolutely everybody right now, you know, everybody is dealing with a much more activated nervous system than than we were before and all of us are being called to get creative and reimagine the ways that we can help ourselves take care of ourselves and regulate those nervous systems with all of these new limitations and not being able to hug the people we love and, um, you know, share laughs in person with friends. And, and so just like everybody else, there's this kind of whole added call for us to, um, spend a little bit of extra energy and attention on, on taking care of ourselves.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing. Um, and this is another question that could be really big, and I'm so curious about what you're going to say, but what does plant communication mean to you right now and, and maybe before, and maybe that has changed as you, um, yeah, as you have been navigating this past year?
2: Mm, thank you. Yeah, plant communication. To me, means... Remembering that plants are beings, and for me, that means
1: remembering. But for those who are living on the planet who have never forgotten that, who have unbroken indigenous lineages and worldviews, that's something you know, a piece of knowledge that has been with them the whole time. But for so Many of us, and I imagine a lot of people listening, it is a remembering because that viewing of the world as full of beings with consciousness and spirit is something that was hidden from us and discouraged in us and forcibly Um, taken from us and so it has to be a remembering of something that our ancestors knew and lived their day-to-day lives knowing and it's opening ourselves to dialogue and connection and conversation with these beings who are so full of wisdom and who are willing and able to share it with us and when we open ourselves that way it enriches our lives so dramatically and with regards to this pandemic specifically um the pandemic right at the very beginning when there was so much that we didn't know yet And I was experiencing a whole lot of anxiety and having a really hard time. Um, I I had no appetite. (laughs) I was feeling anxious all the time. I couldn't sleep. And I have this um, favorite tree who lives just down the road from me. And I went to visit it just to try and calm myself down. And that tree is the one who helped me through that really difficult time and gave me tools to help regulate my nervous system and also was the one who gave me the idea for, it basically told me to create this course in plant communication. And as I was sitting under it, with my back against the trunk I kind of the idea came into my head and I thought about it a little more and the kind of basic outline and structure for the course and the fact that it would come in four parts and what each part would be about came into my head and and that was a gift from that grandmother tree it's she's a juniper and um and so my relationship really deepened with her at the beginning of the pandemic, and has been continuing to grow ever since. And so I'm just so grateful <laughs> to her and what plant communica- excuse me <laughs> plant communication
2: has um, the gifts it's given me. Um, throughout this really difficult
1: experience and how held I've been able to feel
2: um, throughout this hard time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel, yeah, so much similar nourishment from plants and I loved hearing you talk about your relationship and how, yeah, how that's showing up for you.
2: Um, (laughs) Thanks.
0: Um, you also mentioned that you run a free herbal clinic, and so I imagine that you have in your day-to-day life a lot of opportunity to kind of enchant other people or or bring them into relationship with plants. So I would love to hear more about what that looks like and who's coming. And um, yeah, how are you? Like, what is a good introduction that you see that works for people?
2: Mm, great question. Thank you. Yeah. So the Herb Hut Free Clinic is a little
1: nonprofit that I started in 2017. And what it looks like in real life is we have this big truck with a really unique one-of-a-kind camper on the back. And it's like a little wooden house. (laughs) And we fill the little wooden house with herbal remedies and books and paperwork, and we drive it around. This is a rural county, so we bring it to places like soup kitchens and community centers and mobile home parks because because everything is so far apart. Transportation is a really big barrier to accessing healthcare here, and so we do as much as we can take it to places that people already are. And it's me and one other practitioner currently. I'm a clinical herbalist, and my coworker does free therapeutic massage. And she coordinates our clinics for Spanish speakers. And we see a whole lot of people who don't have access to healthcare, period. Um, people who, for any host of reasons, don't go see the doctor. So whether that's transportation issues, or lack of health insurance, or traumatic experiences in the doctor, um, etc. Being undocumented immigrant, um, we see a whole lot of people with chronic stress and anxiety and depression and sleep deprivation and a lot of skin issues and digestive issues and chronic pain and chronic inflammation. Um, In a typical year right now, we'd be seeing a whole lot of colds and flus and coughs and right now i haven't seen a single one <laughs> yeah. except except for those of us who have covid in which case i'm i'm dropping i'm like talking to people on the phone and dropping things off on their doorstep but in our physical free clinics it's like everybody <laughs> everybody's avoided the coughs this year but i think because we're all running around in masks and yeah. washing our
0: hands <laughs> I was just the same thing i i usually have one cold in winter and i didn't this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to speak to your
1: question about um um introducing people to working with plants, it's so it's that is the real joy of my work. It's so much fun to especially especially get somebody in who's never worked with herbal medicine at all and is pro- maybe a little bit skeptical that it's going to work at all and um but they've kind of exhausted their options and they're willing to try anything. And, and, you know, some of those people come back so surprised like, Oh, this thing really worked. And, um, you know, being able to like, just as an example, we are at our local soup kitchen every Thursday and there's a community garden there. And, during the spring and summertime, it's really fun to just be able to walk with someone in the garden and say, you know, here's this weed that's super nutritious, and that you can pick and eat, you know, even if you're unhoused, you don't currently have a home that you're walking around town and in the hills all day, and you can recognize this plant and add it to your diet as a way to get Vitamins and nutrients and um, things like that really, really light people's eyes up and inspire them. And um, it's so fun to help facilitate connection between humans and
2: plants that way.
0: Yes, that sounds beautiful. And yeah, it's just so grounding and really creates a sense of belonging. Doesn't it to feel familiar yeah. with the plants around us and to know our bioregion not just by looking at the sky and having a feeling of how the seasons change but also of how you know what kind of what kind of plans live here and love it and why and so that's so interesting um, yeah you're also speaking um to being a white settler in the herbal world and i would love to hear more if you want to share about that
2: mm, thank you for that question um being
1: a white settler in the herbal world. I feel like I could talk about this for a very, very long time. <laughs> but um, just to begin, you know, as, as herbalists, we concern ourselves with
2: healing. And it becomes clear really quickly in our practices that the
1: systemic harms of Inequity and oppression and exploitation and hierarchy that are so inherent and entwined with the systems of capitalism and the religious outlooks and patriarchy that come along with colonization. These systems are keeping our clients sick. And Herbal medicine can't be any more than just a band aid when somebody has no home, or they're denied access to healthcare, or they experience racism in the doctor's office, or they grow up being told that they're bad and dirty and not enough. And as a white settler herbalist, I see my role as it's necessary for me to work to unravel these systemic harms that keep us all sick and to work to reweave our community in a way that is
2: healing and repairing And in order to do that, I think we need to
1: constantly be educating ourselves about the ways that the system of whiteness and the lens of whiteness perpetuates the harms that we're working to unravel. And that shows up in a whole lot of ways in herbal medicine. And that can look like cultural appropriation, it can look like. Not you know, lack of proper attribution to the traditions and the people whose knowledge of the plants we learn and we use it can look like overharvesting and exploitation of wild plants and the land, which is one and the same as exploiting indigenous people who are native to that land. And the lens of whiteness also shows up in all these insidious ways in the health and wellness industry. Um, I recently heard Rachel Ricketts, who's brilliant, describe it as the wealth and hellness industry. (laughs) Which I thought was so brilliant. (laughs) That's (laughs) incredible. I know. I was so grateful to her because, (laughs) because it just describes what I mean when I'm talking about the way that the popular dogma kind of perpetuates these worldviews that are hierarchical and that teach us that our worth is variable and that we need to jump through hoops and accomplish certain things in order to earn our worthiness and and the healthier we are the worthier we are and that a lot of times that looks like really expensive superfoods and um you know meditation retreats and the right yoga class and it's incredibly exclusive and and it, it feeds into this whole idea that is so intertwined with whiteness itself that, that we're inherently dirty and bad and not enough and that we need to take extreme measures to clean ourselves and detoxify ourselves and turn ourselves into something pure and good and that those of us who do that are somehow better than those of us who don't. And it's so incredibly harmful and it's so pervasive and baked into our thinking systems. And um, it's our job as white settlers to constantly be examining these things and relearning these things and not perpetuating these harms onto our clients and um working to
2: change the systems that that harm all of us
0: yeah and that's such big work Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) more than a lifetime
1: unfortunately (laughs) yes
0: and I think this time more than any other time I've experienced is really like grounding me more in this understanding how how important it is to work towards things that we might not see in our lifetime and to not use that as an excuse to not even try I think
1: oh totally such Mm -hmm. a good point (laughs)
0: um I wonder like what is your best plan friend at the moment what are you learning in that relationship
2: hmm gosh this is a this is a tough one because
1: um it's like it's like being asked to pick your favorite song kind of
0: (laughs) I know it's so hard (laughs) yeah
1: I know there's a lot of plants that really help prop me up in my daily life and teach me constantly um the grandmother juniper that I mentioned earlier is a really big one that's coming to mind right away and as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm bringing her up again, it's occurring to me to just note that, um, that I don't tend to, to use gendered pronouns for plants, especially when I'm talking in a more general way or um, with, about plants that I don't have such an intimate relationship with. But with this particular tree, um, through cultivating relationship. Uh, she has, she has made it clear to me that she's a grandmother and that the way to describe her is she, and and that's, that's okay. But I just wanted to make note for listeners, you know, I don't think all plants are she, I don't think mm-hmm. most plants are even she or he or anything. I usually, you know, use the, use they, if I'm going to just be talking in a general way. So um, this is just about this particular relationship <laughs> I have with this particular tree. <laughs> but um yeah, so grandmother juniper, and the other one who's really coming to mind, who I've been drinking in tea almost every day for a very long time, is tulsi or holy basil, othum awesome sanctum, and um, that that plant has taught me so much. I just had a cup of tea right before I got on this call with you, and I'm um, just so grateful to that being for all the many ways that they support my health and well-being and I I work with that plant a
2: lot in my clinic and um thank you holy basil yes thank you
0: <laughs> beautiful i can feel yeah i can feel that um and you already touched on kind of your own practices and your day-to-day life a little bit at the moment. And you mentioned tea, which I love. And it's so simple. I think sometimes when I ask this question about people's practices, they feel like they have to share something really extravagant or complicated. And mm. I actually really love the simplicity. So I wonder if there's anything else that comes to mind that feels like a really good thing to do right now that you want to share with people. Mm, thanks, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's been one, I think, positive outcome of the limitations of this
1: pandemic has been um, watching myself and the people in my life
2: devote out
1: of necessity, you know, start to, to pay more attention to our practices like that and um, be able to be a little bit more consistent with them. And the one you know so there are there are a lot of things you know that I could think of, but the one that I have been focusing most on lately is moving my body every day and that doesn't have to mean like a lot of people um and I used to be one of them for sure used to think that that has to mean like rigorous exercise, but the more <laughs> but I don't think that's true at all and I think just moving my body and um, in any way that feels right for the day. So sometimes I'll have a lot of energy and feel like I need to move it. And sometimes I'll be really tired, but just, um, gently moving things around and allowing energy to get released is so grounding and I always feel so much better afterwards without fail. Like I'm never regretting the fact that I did that. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And being outside um, is another one, just simply being outside and that doesn't have to look like anything in particular. It doesn't have to be a huge excursion. It doesn't have to, um, you know, in the middle of a big city or in the middle of a forest All of it is helpful to just, even if it's just five minutes a day, um, it's really good perspective for me and um, paying attention to my surroundings out there. This is making me think of actually about, maybe about a month ago or a little more. I had this experience where this it was one of those divine inspiration moments where this idea came into my head and i opened up my notebook and kind of wrote down these super basic simple prompts for myself to go through while i'm outside and because because it's so it's so easy to to go outside and go for a walk or something, and still be just so lost in my head and <laughs> way up in my thoughts and distracted and not paying attention to my surroundings and and so I recorded these prompts into a voice memo, and I started listening to it while I was outside and it just guides me to pay attention to what I see and what I hear and what I smell and I have been, I, I turned it into a meditation basically. And I've been using that a whole lot and um, it's so helpful to me. And every time I do it, I feel so much more embodied afterwards and so much better. And like my senses are really awake. And so um it became clear that I should offer it to other people too, since it was helping me so much and it was something that I was using all the time. And so, um, I turned it into this guided meditation that you can get for free. If for people who subscribe to my newsletter, everybody who subscribes can have it and you can download it onto um, a phone or something that will let you listen through headphones while you're outside. And, um, that has, that practice has been super helpful for me lately, and I've been leaning on it really heavily.
0: That sounds really beautiful. I love guided meditations. I feel like this year or this past year, it's been hard to be in silence sometimes in meditation. And so I feel like mm-hmm. guidance and just like the opportunity to be invited somewhere else, you know, listening to someone's someone else's voice and practice and how they approach things and just dropping into that space that's so beautiful so oh, i totally agree
1: yeah <laughs> it's so helpful to have just a, a structured little thing that you can hit play on
0: yes exactly <laughs> right. yeah and talking about sharing the plan magic what do you wish more people knew about plans oh
2: gosh good question i wish that more people
1: knew that plants are people too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um, yeah, since, since the question is framed, like what more people, what I wish more people knew about plants, it, it makes me think about speaking to the people who, who don't pay plants much mind in their daily lives. And um, for those people who might, hear the term plant communication and and be very immediately skeptical or not know what I mean by that, um, sometimes it can be helpful to talk a little bit about the science. <laughs> and I just wish um, more people were aware of the the science that is coming out these days about how Incredibly wise and good communicators plants are, and the fact that they talk to each other through chemical signals passed through the air and through electrical impulses passed through root systems underground, and they warn each other about predators and they share nutrients through root systems and create communities even with members outside their own species and they nourish and take care of each other and they know the difference when a deer is nibbling on their branch or when a human breaks a branch on their way by and they change their behavior to act accordingly and they learn lessons over time based on their life experience. And all of this stuff is just so the beginning of what we're coming to understand about how intelligent and complex plants are and what they know about us when we're in their presence
0: in the world. So I wish people more people knew more about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking at my house plans as you were speaking, and I wondered mm. if they're happy in pots. I feel really mixed about this because sometimes I feel like mm. it's so sweet and sheltered in here, and they must like the atmosphere and the candlelight, and I'm feeding them. They don't have to worry about much. But on the other hand, they can't talk to each other through their root system because they're each in their own little part and I hope they don't mind <laughs> you
1: know you could ask them
0: yes <laughs> yes I <could> ask them. <laughs> that would be really fun to <laughs> ask
1: <laughs> yes. I'd like to know the answer let me know what they say
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be great gosh Kate thank you so much you shared so many treasures I feel really inspired to ask more often and listen and just be in touch and explored it some more and yeah thank you so much for the beautiful work that you do I would love to know what you're currently offering and where people can find you
2: oh thank you um
1: yeah so the best way to stay in touch with what my offerings are because there's always more of them coming is to sign up for my newsletter and you can do that at katehustedherbalist.com so that's K A T E. H-U-S-T-E-D, herbalist.com. And everybody who signs up for the newsletter gets a free meditation. And I have a couple courses on my website that are always open. You can sign up for them anytime and do them at your own pace. One is a herbal subscription where you get a herbal medicine class every month and get your questions answered in the forums there. And it's a community And then two others that are up right now, one is my plant communication course and the other is herbs for boundaries and protection. And that's for us sensitive people um, to help us uh, have practical tools for for protecting our own energy and not taking on the energy that isn't ours. Yeah, thank you Mm -hmm. so much, Yarrow. It's been (laughs) so fun to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Oh God, the boundaries and protection class so needed. <laughs> That's so good. I know,
1: right? <laughs>
0: yes. I will link to all of yeah. the show notes as well. So in case someone didn't catch that, they can check it out there. And again, thank, hey, you. thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to meet you and talk to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you.